Hi, you're listening to the TL Podcast. My name is Thomas Lehuang, and I am interviewing someone who seems ordinary, but who is achieving extraordinary things. That is the quest of this interview. G'day, Kieran. How are you doing? Good, Thomas. How are you? So, Kieran Bresnahan. Perfect. Where's that from? That's from uh, the old country, from Ireland. You come from over there? You, you. I was born here, but okay. my, my grandparents. Do you ever go back? I haven't yet. Tragically. Really? What happened? Yeah. Well, my wife had a few other destinations on the list prior to that, but. Uh, right. I see. It's definitely well. We will get there at some point, soon. And anyone who's got a nahan. Always go back first. Yeah, I know. They never claim themselves being an Aussie until. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. But I'm All only right. I'm only the vice captain at home, so I've got to sort of. Uh, okay, well, you got a better <laughs> position than me, man. <laughs> Listen, we just finished having lunch together, and I have to say I, I was really um, inspired by your story, not because you're one of the best in John McGrath's eyes not because you are ranked in the top 100 agents, but I was inspired because in my pursuit of looking for people who achieve greatness in real estate, I also love chasing the people who found some kind of balance. And uh, around lunch, about halfway into the main, you just came up with some lines that I thought, hold on, this guy's very different. So if you don't mind, I'm not going to talk too much about all your achievement because I think that there's podcasts and podcasts and I know that you do a lot of training even with Josh Vegan. So there's a lot of people who know this. But let's start from the beginning, right? You started at the age of 20 in real estate, 23? 23. Yeah. Give us a few minutes of just the evolution between that and 2015. Okay. So 23, I made the decision to get into real estate. I grew up in a little suburb called Oatley in the St George area, but foolishly thought that I had to go somewhere where nobody knew me so they would take me seriously. So you you know an area, everybody knows you, but you decide to just go and work in a different area. Yeah. That's crazy. Ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just thought because I did the paper run and I'd worked in my dad's butcher shop that they wouldn't, they'd just view me as the paper boy or the... Butcher. So right. I thought I had to go somewhere else to, to learn, which, yeah, in hindsight, was crazy. But that's what I did, and I, I worked at a very small uh, boutique, independent yep. office, and I had a fabulous boss at the time. She was great. Then in 2002, I'm a big believer, Thomas, sometimes that the hand that picks up a book is not the same hand that puts it down. Yes. And books can change lives, right? So I was given John McGrath's book as a gift, and I read it, and I was incredibly inspired. That was his first book. It was called You Don't Have to Be Born Brilliant, which I thought was fairly apt yep. for uh, myself. And I rang him up, and I'd heard that they were going to open an office in Cronulla, and I rang him up and went and had an interview, and he offered me a job. That was in January 2003, and that was out of the Edgecliffe office trying to sell into Cronulla, which was obviously really difficult. John came down and opened the office there in a... Later that year, maybe I'm going to say September, August, September. And, you know, I was working and then I met my now business partner. He came down with me. His name's Matt King. Great, great guy. We're still in business together today. 
So we started putting each other's names on our ads, uh, sharing our commissions and just thought, you know, together we'd build our profile quicker. Then in 2006, uh, the, so the business had grown a little bit. There was maybe 10 agents there at the time. Yeah. And John McGrath offered myself and Matt and two other agents, another the, the, probably the top agent at the time and then the sales manager, the four of us to buy that business and take over the rights to the Shire, which Matt and I weren't super-duper comfortable with the other two. So we decided to – we asked John if we could open in the St George area and he said, go for your life. So we did that. We And then I think it was two, early 2007 we opened our first office in South Hurstville. Okay. So no, now suddenly it's no longer stupid your first move into real estate, which is to go into an area you didn't know because now – you knew we're doing it again. How to do it again, right? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I mean, um, so yeah, we did that, and we just started him and I and a couple of administrative helpers, and then gradually the team grew. And we didn't start out with any grand designs on building a certain a business of any kind of certain size. There's people right now listening to this, and they're probably thinking, "This is stupid." Hold on, you spent this many years building your own profile in an area. And then you go and open in a totally different area. And, I mean, uh, mind you, it's next door. But yeah. how did you do that? What was the beginning like? I mean, you went out door knock. I mean, people don't know you. So they're probably going to ask a question. How is it possible to restart somewhere with your own money on the line? Well, I think, uh, uh, yeah, well, it is possible. Oh, well, um, I think the opportunity to own our own business under at the time, and we still are, you know, big advocates for the McGrath brand, and we just thought it was a great opportunity. And where we were, we weren't going to get that opportunity to do it ourselves. So it's the other side of the river. It's different. But we were selling a few in the area. It wasn't like we had zero presence, but we right. didn't have a lot of profile. Yes. And the model was slightly different in the sense that we were still allowed to sell in the Shire. So, we, you know, the people we'd known, we could have still serviced yes. them. Yes, yes. So we just took the view that if, we cont- if our you know, GCI didn't go up at all, we'd still be fine because obviously we were retaining all of it and still have the cost of the business. And we thought, we actually didn't think there was a risk at all. We thought the greatest risk was to stay right. where we were. Yeah. So how long did it take you then to take over that air, that new area of yours? I uh, don't know if we ever took over it, but um, you know, not very long. Uh, we, were, we were so lucky, Thomas. We, we had some great people come and join us really early. <laughs> um, you know, some guys, one of the guys, young Bill, is still with us today, you know, uh, 16 years later. And we had uh, a guy called Sasha that came with us who was very well known in the area. I guess a lesson for all the guys out there if they're thinking of starting their own business. It's amazing when you be respectful of your competitors that can come back in terms of... Yes, but you also gave us a, um, a hidden secret. You said we were so lucky. And I noticed that, you know, the, the, the successful leaders, they're always lucky somehow. They're always thankful for their people first. So this is... This is great secret because great leadership always put their people first. They always give their people the accolade. And, and hearing you saying that, now I know why you're successful, all right? So you then opened the second one in 2006. Two, well, 2010. 2010. So that was in, a, in Brighton, which is sort of maybe seven kilometres away right. from the other one. A couple of our guys that were in our existing office went over there. Right. Uh, my business partner went over there as well to head that up. Yes, and we just repeated the same process again, and that sort of filled up. And yeah, we had, you know, it was a, it was a pretty good business, I guess. And then we made the decision in 2015 to open an office in a 
quite a different area, an area called Reesby. It's sort of southwest on the other side of Salt Pan Creek. And, you know, I've sort of done the same thing there. Now, you know, probably haven't quite had the same success in that business because initially we did. My business partner was there and running yes. it, but then he stepped away from it to focus because we opened another office in 2017 in San Susie. So we were spread a little thin and it's interesting. It probably... It's a good office without being a, I mean, there's a lot of opportunity yes. in that business because we haven't had someone in there yes. driving it. So that's a really good lesson. If people want to open multiple sites, it yep. all sounds great. Yes. But if there's not someone with entre- entrepreneurial flair on the ground driving it, very hard to make it a success. Yeah. During lunchtime, you said a line, speed of trust. What does that mean? I think we were talking about business and how to connect with clients and you well, use speed yeah. of trust. I, I, I talked about speed of trust. When you're when you're doing business with someone and you're acting under the speed of trust, i.e. they trust you, you trust them, it's easy. It's so quick. I have clients that just, you know, and, and there's plenty of people on the call, I'd imagine we have the same, but they would just ring me and say, Kieran, we want to sell this one. Yes. Can you get started? Yeah. And we don't always have an agreement. Again, I'm exposed, but it's just the trust. My business partner and I, we don't have a written agreement. You know, we have a big office and big business and we don't have a situation where if there's a breakdown or someone passes away or what, what actually... There's nothing written down, but it's a... But it's been just, discussed. It's been discussed, <laughs> yeah, loosely. Yeah, okay. But we both said if something happens to either one of us, this is what we want you to do for our partner. Yeah, our that's wife. amazing. And we would just thing. both honour that. That's an amazing thing. Now, I want to talk about now your drive up until then, and I know the drive. You're a rugby player. You're highly competitive, right? You you then moved away from that to go into golfing before you even start your gig in in yep. uh, real estate. So I know competitiveness and probably sports has has brought out some virtues in you that can be used now in, in, in sport. Well, it's a now, metaphor for life, I think. Now, then you said to me. Something happened. You started to realize and, and change your way some five years ago. Yeah, it was probably about then, um, maybe slightly less, maybe three years ago. But what I found, Thomas, is I was very driven and I would each year sit down and go, I want to do you know X amount of sales. Yes. I want to make this much money. You know, I want to buy this house. I want to pay this much debt off or I want to do this. It was all, in a lot of cases, material. Yes. Not, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I have to say, Thomas, like I've achieved more than I ever thought was possible for me. But why did it feel a bit empty? That was the question I started to ask myself. I've got everything I ever wanted, yeah. but I still have that feeling inside that there's more. Like, why don't I feel excited? So I just started to... I speak to some smart people and started to read. And if these guys can get one thing out of this talk is if you're placing conditions on your happiness, i.e. when you get to a certain level, a certain status, a certain income, a certain house, a certain standing in society, and you say, once I'm there, then I'll be happy, I'm sorry, I feel like you're going to be disappointed, right? Because... Why do so many people, like you can, you can be incredibly driven, right, and be v- enormously successful in the public eye. You can accumulate a lot of stuff. 
but why do those people still self-sabotage? Why do they cheat on their partner? Why do they take drugs? Why do they abuse? Why do they get? Why do they do all those things? Yes, because they're empty. They're looking for the next high. So, what I've realised is that really where the joy is is just finding the best in me today, right? And it's so counterintuitive. But if you just focus on today and and make today a great day, and give everyone you meet a great experience and be effective you'll actually have more than you could ever imagine because the law of attraction kicks in because people can smell if it's all about the deal. Yeah, yeah. It's so easy but, to but spot. But how do you explain it to some of our younger salespeople who have been raised to chase a goal? It's really important. It's a great question. I don't want them to... I have lots of young salespeople yes. work, work in our team, right? Yeah. And I, I encourage them to pursue their goal, but not at the exclusion of everything else. Don't think when I get the goal, then life is better. If you can't be happy now, you won't be happy when. It's impossible. Why do you see, why do people who are overweight, you see them, they lose 25, 30 kilos. Why do they put it all back on? Because they, they feel like, food. Well, they, we, we all love food. <laughs> we, we just proved that at lunch, right? <laughs> but it's, it's interesting. I watch people and like that's an example they think, oh, when I'm leaner, when I've got a girlfriend, when I'm married, then I'll be happier, right? But it's, it's just all too external. Many con- too many conditions. All conditions. It's all predicated on certain things happening and we're all so attached to these outcomes, these goals. That's when the slightest thing goes wrong. You've been servicing a vendor for three years, calling them every month. You feel like you're a shoo-in and then they give it to the, another agent. I have people in our team that would derail them for a month. Why? Why would you let that happen? I mean, it's it's happened. You have to accept that and move on. In business, if you're not missing any, John McGrath, if you're not missing business, you're not chasing enough, right? You have to accept that that's going to happen. Yes. It's you're just it's in, it's inevitable. Now, your success or otherwise in this business is largely to do with your ability to just move through that and be consistent. Right, right. If you can do that, and be consistent. Robin Sharma, he says, consistency is the secret to mastery. And part of being consistent is having a consistent energy too. You don't ride the highs too high and you don't ride the lows too low. Like right as we're having this podcast, this is one of the best markets you and I have ever seen, Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if you're a real estate agent, it's a great time. Yeah. If you but don't do well in this market, you better get out. Probably. Well, it's got its own <laughs> set of challenges as well, right? But yeah. Buddha talks about impermanence. Nothing is forever. It's going to change. So if you if you get too excited and you start buying the flash car and spending all your money now, when things get tougher, which they inevitably will, might be a year, might be three years. That's why you crash. Right. Just take the middle path. So, Kieran, you talked a lot about the presence into the now during lunch, and, and I know that you know you you gave me a such a beautiful and inspiring thought. I, no, I noticed that you, you're very much into, even as we're doing the podcast, I noticed your attention and your energy is, is just here. Well, that's it. That's all it is. And life is really a collection of experiences. Yeah. Right? Great experiences shared with people we love, our friends, success in business, sporting pursuits, those things. I have a theory, Thomas, like I love skiing. Not very good at it, but I love it. Yeah. And I've often wondered, why do I love it so much? Is it the actual skiing that I love? 
Or is it the fact that when I'm skiing, I'm not thinking about anything else? I'm not thinking about what's going on at work, what I'm doing next week, what's for dinner, what are the kids doing? All I'm thinking about is skiing. So I'm intensely present in where I am. That's why we love it so much. The actual activity is secondary, in my opinion. So, you know, why do we love auctions? We all love them. But when we're having two or three bitters there and we're watching, we're present, we're there. <laughs> we're not worried about anything else. We're not thinking about anything else. That is the key. If you can actually get yourself into a state where you are completely focused where you are on the activity or the person that you're with, the other person will feel that. You'll be far more effective yourself and you'll just be way happier. Right? Now, it's really hard to do. So hard. Yeah. That's why none of us can do it. So what did you do in order to... Well, I still have it. I'm probably like that 5% of the time. The rest of the time, I'm like everybody else. I'm either kicking myself about the mistakes I've made in the past, and there's been heaps, mm -hmm. right? So if you're not careful, you, you, you live there and you end up with mental health problems and all kinds of issues, right? Because you're so disappointed and you're kicking yourself. The other alternative is where I probably spend a lot of time is thinking about the future, obsessed with what was coming, right. when I was going to be better, when I had more. More is just that there's no such thing. You'll, that'll never never materialise because you get more and then you want more. So, I don't know, Thomas. It's, it's such a, it, for some people, it's a super fluffy topic and they might listen to this, unfortunately, and get zero out of it. And that probably would have been me. No, that's probably right? because they're not ready for the lesson, right? We, all, we just we, have we to be ready. We talked about that student who's not ready, right? Well, when the, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. But, but he, here's the thing. I would not listen to a guy who has not succeeded in real estate talking like this. But I have to listen to a guy who has built a, a great business and who has got four daughters, spent time around them, and still find ways to uh, build his empire. I need to listen to a, a man like this. So yeah. that theory of yours of, of just being in that moment is, is, is a great theory. I mean, you, you talk about like Tolly, from, from whom you, 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 learn, uh, yeah. you learn about that. You talk about the 5% and I think you're pretty humble because the 5% makes a difference. The difference between the person who does 0% and 1% is already huge, mm. right? So a person who's doing five, it's five times bigger than that one. Yeah, no, it right? is. So did you have any key moments in your career? I remember in uh, 2008, it was right in the middle of the GFC I don't know if you remember that, Thomas. You know, yeah, Lehman yes. Brothers had just collapsed. And our business, so we just started our business. We were growing quite rapidly at the time. We had a number of staff, maybe 10 or 12 yep, staff. Yeah, yep, 2008, uh, yeah. September. Around then. Yep. In August of 2000, I think July, we sold about eight properties amongst the whole group. August 2, September 4, and October might have been six or something. It was horrendous. Like we were hemorrhaging money, right. my business partner and I. And we, we had a sales meeting and, and my partner in his wisdom said to the team, if you guys don't start selling some things, my house is going to be the next listing, as in his own, because he's not going to be able to afford to yep. keep it. Yep. And you could, you'd never seen a room go more flat in all your life. <laughs> I said to him, mate, that's not the way to motivate people. <laughs> I'm telling you. He goes, I oh, know, I'm just fucking... I'm shitting yeah. myself, you know. <laughs> I said, mate, that's not the answer. I said, you know what? I still remember the day I said, I'm going home and I'm going to change my life. I'm not going to worry about this stuff anymore. 
we can't control what's going on outside us. We can't control the environment. What we can control is the energy we bring yeah. every day and what we do. It was remarkable. I went home and I wrote out a series of goals, you know, because I had four kids at the time. My fourth had just been born. So I had four kids under five. Wow. I had a mortgage of about a million bucks and I was stressed, right? And I was the mortgage was going higher and higher because obviously I wasn't making any money. I went down and I said, right, I'm gonna, all I'm going to do is I'm just going to knuckle down. I'm not going to worry about anything else. I'm just going to prospect and list and capitalise on every opportunity I can. And, I, and one of the goals at the time I set was to, was to pay that mortgage off in five years. I thought that was a good goal. At the time, I didn't really think it was possible for me, Thomas, but I just wrote it down anyway. Mm-hmm. It's part of what I was talking about, right? So then we were lucky. Kevin Rudd, you know, the interest rates dropped significantly. If you remember, the market went on a little bit of a run and we had a really good couple of years. Yeah, you didn't go on a walk on the roofs and replace bats, right? <laughs> No, we did. We stayed <laughs> we away from the houses. big bats. <laughs> and uh, I remember paying off that mortgage in three years. I remember the day I transferred the last payment. And I don't say that to try and impress anyone, but here's the lesson. I was like, is that all there is? Like, I don't know what I expected, Thomas. I don't know if there was going to be a parade down the street or like <laughs> some was gonna, something amazing was going to happen. I was like, so different. And I actually fell into a little bit of a lull. Oh, wow. Because I expected, I expected like this amazing feeling and it didn't come, mm. which was such a big lesson. But then sometimes we're not smart enough to heed that lesson. So I was a bit silly. What I did, I went and bought a, a property three times the value, sold mine, bought something and took on a ridiculously big mortgage yep. because I felt like that was the answer. I needed to be striving towards paying something down. Yep. I needed that commitment. I mean, can you get any stupider? But that was me at the time. I thought that that was what I needed. But it's not at all. It's just like what I was talking about before. Like, this is all they'll ever be today. If For the younger people out there who are driven by the accumulation of things, just take it from a guy who's a little bit older, Yeah, that in and of itself won't be enough. Like, if you... Put your family aside, your kids aside. I remember there's a mate of mine, his father's like a bit of a mentor to me. He said to me one time, we were playing golf. He's an incredibly wealthy man. I just looked up to him. I was about 32. And he said to me, uh, I said, what's it like, Pete, you know, like, you know, when you don't have to work? He goes, I don't, I don't understand what you mean. I go, well, you know, like, you, you're okay. You don't, you don't have to work if you don't. You've got enough money. He goes, yeah. So what are you trying to ask me? I said, well, you know, how does it, is it? the feeling yes he said you want to know what's at the top of the mountain i said yeah that's what i want to know what's at the top of the mountain <laughs> he goes i'll tell you what you see he goes the other side that's what you see he goes kieran just be really careful you just disregard other parts of your life in this pursuit of success you know i.e lots of money he goes wouldn't it be sad if you're climbing the ladder of success, only get to get to the top of the ladder and to realise it was leaning against the wrong wall. That is amazing. Wow, that is amazing. He goes, and then you've like you got everything you ever wanted, but your marriage is a three out of ten. Your kids don't know you. He goes, I don't think that's a good trade. And, you know, I feel like I've, I, I am and have been a really good dad. I feel like I've been really present. My marriage, you know, my wife was, she was 16 and I was 19 we started going out and we got married very young and I've never done the wrong thing by her. Well, 
Oh, well, she probably would say I have, but I've, you know <laughs> what I mean. I've never. Uh, Hopefully, she won't be listening. I've to tried this. to be, um, <laughs> like you know what I mean. I just, I don't know. It's it's in this industry, we put people up in lights, and some of them I have enormous respect for for those guys that churn out in incredible volume. Yeah. I I just think it's I I am so impressed with the discipline and the work ethic and the consistency yes. that is required to achieve those kind of levels and and some of those are friends but it's just not me right but that's okay how do we even know thomas if we're living a great life i was going to ask you that question you know that I mean, oh, yeah. reading my materials <laughs> <laughs> but how do we know yeah the only way we know is if we all get clear about what's important to you what is a life on purpose? What does a great life look like for Thomas? Not what we think society wants us to do. What do you want to do? What do you want it to look like? Because if you don't know what it looks like, like how could we kick a goal if there's no posts? I don't want to contradict myself what I said earlier. You must, it's very important to set goals. Yes. You've got to know where you're going, right? But you can't live there and don't be, you've got to set the goal so you know where you're going and then you've got to detach from the outcome. That's the direction, and now we just focus on today. Yeah. The things that are important, our health, our family, our loved ones, our work, our colleagues, yeah. all that. Yeah. Right? To me, our goals are almost like when you do the Tour de France, they, they, uh, the steps you have to reach, but they should never determine who you are. It's a little bit like all of these people who win awards and the awards determine who they are. The awards now seem to define the person they have become. And I think that that's, that's where unhappiness uh, occurs. The awards, uh, nothing else but the recognition that you've done a good job. It's fantastic, mm. great pat on the back. It's good to have that recognition. Feels good, but it should never define who you totally are. Totally, to Thomas. Like, and why a lot do of we people that goes define them? That's the issue, Kieran. But and that's a slippery slope. Like, over the last ten or twenty years, we have seen a number of examples of amazing Australian athletes go to the Olympics, achieve everything they ever wanted, and then what happens after that? They derail. The they go, oh my God, is that, is that all there was, right? <laughs> then yeah. no, once the gold medal's been achieved, you see them, they, in some ways, their life, de you know, self, they self-sabotage. That's exactly what they do. And yeah. it's really sad. And I think some of our younger, like sports, a lot of you, you interviewed Mark Nichols last time. Like the footballers have so much time on their hands. I feel for them because they're, they're so regimented. And then what happens when they don't have that? Yeah. Well, Mark's right. lucky he's got a, a kid. And I'd he's got a wife it. to keep him in line, <laughs> right? So, so he's a pretty busy man. Yeah. No. So I feel you, you've got so much growth into you. So is there anything else beside real estate? Is there something else in Kieran's life that's about to come up? H has Kieran started to have a catch a glimpse of the other side of the mountain? Uh, well, I feel like I'm probably not at the top yet. But um, what is my life going to look like? I feel like, you know what? It'll be more of the same. The real joy I get now is helping people that work with us be their best selves. That's yep. what gives me the most joy, right? Obviously, I have four teenage daughters, so I want to see them be happy and make a great go of things. I want to keep working on my marriage. You know, I mean, these are all fluffy things. I, I hope you know, success is actually really simple, Thomas. We make it difficult. We think success is this, like, complex thing. Yeah. It's actually not. And for a long time, all I was looking for from whoever, whichever conference I would go to or book I would read or podcast I'd listen to, or well, not so much, there weren't podcasts then, but 
I was always looking for the silver bullet. You just tell me. Tell me what I need to do to be like happy, content. You already have that. You can't look for peace. It's already in you. You know, you just have to be present enough to go, okay. When those thoughts, the overwhelm kicks into our mind, we just have to realise that it's, they're just thoughts. They're actually not real. And 95% of the time, they're never going to happen. And we worry about them and we anxiety and all these things. You just deep breath, focus on your breath. Something bad happens to you or you perceive it to be bad. It's cool. Just let it wash over you. Yeah. You spoke about success without fulfillment is hollow. Yeah. Right? So I, I feel for, for the, the explanation or the translation of what you've been really sharing with us is the goal is the goal, but that doesn't mean that the journey is much smaller. Correct. And then if you can really focus on the every single moment of the journey, it actually brings you the fulfillment. That's, the the, that's actually the fun part. Yeah. That's the enjoyable part. Now that I've looked back, and I'm still young. Like, I'm only 44. It's not like I'm 92. So right? wise, mate. So, so I've got, wise, mate. still got time. But that's the biggest piece of advice I would give to younger guys. And I try and give it... Some of us are just not ready, Thomas. I was in, in a session with my team the other day, and we were having this kind of discussion. And... I try and make it safe for people to come and tell me how they feel. And, yeah. and one of my agents, she's young female, really talented agent. I said, how'd you find the session? She goes, Kieran, to be honest, I need a real estate coach. I don't need a life coach. I need you to help me, you know, how to sell more real estate. Not funny, right? Yeah. Not quite ready for the info. Yeah. But if I was unconscious, I would have taken a lot of offense to that. Yeah. I was like, that's fine. No problem. Just let me know what's what's going to be work best for you. And to be grateful that she was honest. She was honest, which is awesome. She was honest with mm. me, but she just felt this information was rubbish. Mm. Which is, and there will be people on this call that will actually. Well, you said that about Eckhart Tolle. How many times did you have? I tried to read, to read it when I was in my <laughs> early twenties, and then I tried to read it when I was about thirty-five, and I thought it, the guy was an absolute <laughs> fruit loop. Yeah, right. He yeah. talks weird. He talks in a monotone, but then the light bulb goes on for different people at different times. Yeah. I've learnt that, right? And some of us are ready and some of us aren't, right? But at some point, it'll help all of us. So I know that you're very much people person. Is that the most important key uh, factor in your organisation? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I mean, um, we have four value, four key values which we build our business on. Is, is and the first one being customer centric. So everything's about what's best for the customer. United, i.e., we work together as a team, uh, high performance. So that everything That doesn't mean you have to do 100 sales a year, but everything you do, you do with integrity and you do with a, at a high level. And then the other one is innovation. We try and obviously we want to stay relevant and current and yeah. embrace technology uh, to make our job easier and the, and the customer experience better. Okay. And all the people is probably not entwined to that, but, you know, we've been really lucky. We've had people leave over the years, which happens to every business, but... We have a number of people that have been with us for longer than 10 years. Wow, that's amazing. Nice. In real estate, that's quite rare. So, so you have a top performer, but he turns out for some kind of reason that he's not the right fit for the business. He's becoming a more of a 400-pound gorilla. How do you deal with a person like that? Wow, it's a really tough question. And for a long time, I haven't got anyone like that now. You know, touch wood. <laughs> Uh, I have had in the past, and to be honest, I haven't handled it well, Thomas. I've probably been greedy 
and looked at the income that was generated through them as opposed to how they were treating their colleagues, which has probably held us back a little bit. And it hurt me in the terms of I had a, a few leave at one time, which was led by one of these guys that probably I should have exited from the business beforehand, but I didn't because I was scared. Okay. Fear You're gets so in the humble, way. Mate. Well, I'm just, I'm not humble. I'm just, that's what happened. Yeah. I'm just telling you the truth, right? Fear. Fear gets in the way of just about everything we want to do, right? Well, you said, isn't it? Fear and greed, the uh, yeah. Well, that's if you want to motivate emotions, two most right? powerful emotions. But I was scared. I was scared of that they might leave if I came down too hard on them. And then you know what? They left anyway. Yeah, and not only right? they left, but they left leaving a bigger hole than it was they worse. Had if I'd have, if I'd have, my, and my business partner wanted wanted to get rid of him. He's better at that than me. I was like, oh, you know, he's a good agent and. I'll talk to him. I'll sort him out. Don't worry. Okay. Never did. So, so I know Matt King is your partner. So, how does it work when you make a decision like this? And let's say you turn out to be wrong. Does he say then? All right, now I've got a bonus point. <laughs> Next decision is mine, not yours. Is that how it works? Yeah, yeah he does a little bit. <laughs> no, um, yeah, we disagree on heaps of stuff. Yeah, all the time. Look, one thing we've done well: if someone has a really strong view, we won't go against that. So with that particular example, yeah, I didn't want to sack him. Okay. I wanted to keep him. He said, "All right, mate. I'm just warning you. I think it's the problem. I think it's the wrong thing." But go, no, mate. All right, noted. But I want to keep him. Yeah. All right. And the key to our relationship is we can have a robust conversation, a huge disagreement, a fight, right? But we move through it. Half an hour later, I talk to him. Oh, mate, I need. What do you think about this? And there's no like resentment carried. Which, if you can't have that, that's actually not a real relationship whether it be a marriage a business wow. relationship a friendship you need to feel comfortable to speak how you feel and not take offense because when we take offense that's the ego in us you know like yeah. well, we talked about Piers Morgan this morning walking off the set because he disagreed with the what the other guy was saying just yeah. couldn't deal with it rather yeah. walk away than actually have a conversation yeah yeah just it just shows a lack of maturity and and you're bruised Ego, your ego's compromised and it gets threatened. So we lash out, we react. Yeah, I get that. But what if it keeps on happening? I mean, I, I have an argument with my wife, oh. she wins. I have 10 arguments, she wins 10 times. I mean, at some stage. It's a great point, great <laughs> question. Here's the thing, here's what you do. If it keeps happening, yeah. we're not trees, we can move. <laughs> right? That's a good right? One. <laughs> so we can, so if it keeps happening, you have a conversation. You say, mate, like, this is not working. So you either dissolve the friendship, if it's a marriage, you leave the marriage, right? The worst thing you can do, right? So with him, there's a lot of things yeah. about him that, that annoy the shit out of me. Yeah. A lot, <laughs> right? But I love him. Yes. And sometimes I, I would resent him for it, right? Sometimes if I would be doing a lot of business and he's not doing much and I feel like, because we share all our, we, we make exactly the same amount of money. Yes, yes. Right? Whether I do 100 sales, he does 10, whether he recruits 20 people or brings in all these managements, like it's all the same. Yes. So sometimes I would resent him because I feel like I'm getting the rough end of the deal. Yes. I'm doing all the work. And, yeah. Which is just, again, that's in my head. It's an illusion. Yes. And I would resent him for that. And I, we would talk about it. But, you know, he's doing his best, right? He's never going to change. So I have two choices. I can accept it, right? Or I can say I don't want to be in business with you anymore. 
Yeah. But when you say I can accept, it means I can make sense with what I'm playing in my own head. No, I just pure, I surrender right. to what is. Okay. That's okay. what it is. That, that's our relationship. Mm. Surrender doesn't mean give up. Surrender means Accept. acceptance. I accept what is. Without logical explanation to yeah. self. And I'm not going to say, oh, I'm just accepting what is and we're going to carry on yep. day to day. Yep. The worst thing you can do is what I was doing. Not, I don't want to make out, we, we didn't ever had any problems. But if, some, if you're in a marriage and you hate the marriage and you just stay there and you resent it and you pick away at the other person, like, you're better off leaving. But then that's not easy either, right? Because we, why do we stay? Because of I'm getting into area which is totally out of my jurisdiction. No, but, but we this, stay this for the reasons. Top, this is top area because there's so many people out there in partnership. Kieran, you you guys seem to have a very good partnership, mate. This is a time to give. This is a time to share, man. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm gonna push. Oh, you I'll give us whatever you can. Like I I just <laughs> I, I always had a belief that in the end everything it'll always even out. For those that don't know, so Matt, I wouldn't have had the opportunities I had to open a business when I was 29 or 30 without him. Impossible. He's eight years older than me. That's maturity, and right? That's maturity to recognise that. Yeah. Mm. And I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. Now, that debt has been repaid yes. by what, in terms of the contribution I've made, but he's a good friend. He's, he's my best friend. Our wives are very close. We go on holidays together. He is a great man. Yeah. You could get him on here and he's, he's have all these pearls of wisdom as well. Yes. But... It's just acceptance. It's, it, it is what it is, and I'm just grateful for it. it is It won't last forever. We talked about Buddha. Buddha talks about impermanence. Nothing's forever. It'll, always, it'll change us. You and I won't be here forever, Thomas. No. Right? But we enjoy it while we're here. We're grateful while we're here. And that's how we get the best out of each oh, well, other. Well, through the podcast, we'll be here forever, man. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's funny? Like... We say, we, we, I'll get a bit weird for a second. Like, we yeah. look at someone and go, I've got nothing in common with that person. Yep. Well, we actually do. And before too long, we're both going to end up in the same spot. Yeah, it is true. It is right. true. We're all going to end up in the same spot. Oh, but, like, business partnerships, they're not easy. That's why a lot of them break down. Yep. But ultimately, you, if you're of good character and the other person is too and you're accepting of the other person's faults... Should work. It can be very, it can be super fun as well. Yeah. Anybody's ever told you that you look like that uh, Aussie actor, uh, Sam Worthington? Or no, mate. No? I'll Nobody's take it. Ever no. said that. No. Poor old Sam Worthington would <laughs> be a bit sad. <laughs> He'd be horrified. Doesn't he? Isn't he married to Lara Bingle? Yes. Yes. Oh yes, my yes. gosh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. well, listen, mate. I. I have to say, you asked me that question uh, during our lunch, but I have to say, this has to be my favourite podcast. I heard it, you say that to the other one. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, I always say I, I find inspiration in every one of them. And, and therefore, for me, they always carry that seed. Uh, because when you're sharing, there's always something that comes out. Through a communion of two thoughts, there's always something that will remain. But when I sit in front of someone, and we've just met each other... Two hours ago. Yeah. And when you sit in front of a person who transcend a job, transcend work, and have managed to actually utilize the journey of a job in order to find their own self, to me, it is the culmination of going to the top. Oh. And, and, and so but I, I don't know how to say this. I really thank you for sharing. No, it's my pleasure. And, and 
Yes, I could have asked you a lot of questions about real estate and all these things, but I know there's plenty of information out there. Anyone who wants to know, they even they can find your phone number up there. Oh, that know, always very easily. So, firstly, that's very kind of you to say, uh, Thomas, and thank you for that. I just feel like it's incumbent on people such as myself are getting that little bit older and been in the industry for a while to to actually give back to an industry that's been very kind. Like it's been very good to me. You know, when I was 25, I would rely on things like this to learn. So, you know, even if the guys listening to this get a small I something out of it guarantee. that could, could help them. I guarantee. And in terms of, you know, they're always welcome to ring me if they've got an issue or they're struggling. Um, you know, no, I guarantee. Always happy to give them and, a hand. And I think that your area and your team should be really proud to have someone like you to service them. And I, uh, I really thank you for oh, your time so today, nice, Kieran. My pleasure. Thank you. All the best. Thanks.